about we just jump to our feet? Let's just put our hands together just to honour Virginia and the Word of the Lord this morning. Come on up. Praise the Lord. I'm going to take a drink and then hand this to my husband because sometimes I get excited when I'm preaching. (laughs) Hallelujah. So when I get up here, I usually pray for myself. But before I do that, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. So it was 12 kids. I think maybe that was on the back of a book. Grandkids. I have 19 grandkids. (laughs) so there's a little difference there and I'm a proud grandma and uh, uh, that's just what we do second and third best the thing we do best is serve God and uh, follow what his plans for our life my husband and I are very honored to be here thank you pastors for allowing us to come it's a great privilege to preach God's word and um, so I don't waste anybody's time with my my words Um, before I was saved I'll just give you a few seconds here before I was saved um, I did like I, I did really good for the world like I don't do anything halfway so I was like fully addicted to drugs and I fully lived that kind of life because I don't know how to halfway give myself so I'm so thankful when God saved me I fully serve him and, and I do I do God better than anything because uh, he's with me and I'm so thankful and this word that I have today to preach to you um, I rarely ever do a same word. Uh, Tilly, I don't think I hardly ever do a same word, huh? So it's, it's, it's kind of a really good word. And I'm going to, when I get going, um, what do you call me, Sue? Pocket rocket. Uh, I'm going to pray that I'm not such a quick rocket so some of you can catch on. But if you're taking notes, take notes today because I do give a lot of scripture. How many know that there's no power in my opinion? And my stories, they can help you, but there's no power in my opinions. The power of God, according to Romans 1.16, is God's word. And so it is my heart and desire to give you his power, his word. Because, you know, the, the, the salvation used to be called, I'm already going to the word, I forgot about me, but it's okay. Salvation used to be called the, the great confession. Uh, Romans 10.89.10 says you didn't get saved unless you said something. You had to speak, I believe, and you had to have that in your heart. And so many people believe that the head opens the mouth, and I'm just talking my mind. No, you're not. You're speaking your heart. So whatever, whatever comes out of your mouth came from your heart, and that's why God needs us to speak our heart. Father, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Holy Spirit, I need you. So we said it, and then after we said it, guess what happened? We were saved. You didn't see it. You didn't feel it. You couldn't point to it. And anything that God is doing is going to be done by believing what he said. God is never going to witness himself through your emotions, through your feelings, through your touch, through your taste. I know that scripture says taste and see, but if you look at what that word means, that the Lord is good, it means experience God. Step out and experience God and you'll know he's good. Give God the opportunity to have that moment with you and that experience with you. And so we, we have to understand that when God is going to do something, he's going to use words. Uh, I know today everybody wants to counsel, all of the world wants to counsel it, but that's not our job. Our job is to preach the word, which is the power to bring change and transformation. We have a counselor. He's called the Holy Ghost. And nobody counseled me out of drugs. I'm trying to tell you there's power in the word. 
I got delivered because I asked Christ into my heart. So the word delivered me. Isn't that what it says? That God has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. What delivered us? The word. There are people that can't be free from certain lifestyles unless they have the word. The Bible says the truth will release us or free us from some things. So we have to understand that the most powerful thing that we can give to this world is God's word. And so today I'm going to teach on the power of word. Praise God. You ready? All right, I'm going to pray for myself and get started. I did. Thank you, dear. My loving husband. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, that as the word comes forth out of my mouth, Lord, that that word is not powerless. It's not a drip drop power, Father. It's, it's word that deliver. It's word that saves. It's word that transforms our lives from this to the image of God, from this to the likeness of God. Father, I just thank you that your word is your power today. And so as the word comes forth out of my mouth, Holy Ghost, use me and give me all that you have for the people today, Father. For we don't come to church just to get excited about a social word father god we've come for your word and we've come for your power and we've come for the word of god that saves our souls and saves our spirit and takes us from death to life father god and so i'm asking holy ghost that you would teach the hearer that those that have an ear to hear that they would hear your word and you would interpret your word because you're the one that gave the word to men to pin father we just thank you and we praise you i thank you that there's um, power to do whatever is in your will today for the hearer that you can do that father we rely on you God we rely on your word we have faith from your word we trust your word you said when the son of man returns will he find faith on the earth father you're not looking for church attenders you're looking for people who are walking in the word and believing the word and speaking the word we're to be transformed in the image of Christ we're supposed to be like Christ and think like Christ and do like Christ and speak like Christ father help us to transform into the image of your dear son through the word of God father we give you praise and glory in Jesus name amen Amen. So this is uh, the power of his word or he sent his word. Uh, words are so powerful. How many know that God shows us right away the power of word? I know we call it creation, but it's really the power of word. What is God going to do? God is going to create with words. And so God uses words. And if you notice, if he doesn't see what he needs, he's not limited to what he sees. So God sees darkness, but that doesn't bother him. I know it's not what he wants, but he knows that his words will change what he sees. You need to remember by the time I'm telling you what God does with his words, you are just like God. And so God uses his words. He sees light and he says, Dar and he, I mean, he sees darkness and he says light. Why? Because you don't have to accept everything you see, not as a child of God. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 4, 17, that we can call those things that are not. So how many know if I'm believing for healing, I'm not calling out that pain. I'm calling forth the healing. And so we're just like God. It doesn't matter what you see. You're not limited. And God uses his words and they're not, he's not just wasting time. You know, if God wanted to waste time to tell us about creation, he would have just said, I did it all. Everything you see, I did it all. But if God is writing details, those details are for our learning. Those details have a cause and a reason. And so what does God say? He says, I'm going to give you the details. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God right? So everything starts with word. Church, you need to know whatever it is you're doing with God, you need to start it with the word of God. 
And then Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we know God did not create it with physical hands. God created it with spoken word. And so God said, and it was. So notice that saying comes before seeing. In this world, we believe upside down. That I, I, I can't say it if I can't see it. How can I say I'm healed if I don't feel healed, if I don't see the healing? Because you're not a carnal person. You're not a natural person. You're a child of God. And the original Hebrew, when it says that when God made man, Genesis 1, and 27, when God made man in, in his image and his likeness, the, the Hebrew Bible would actually read, and man became a speaking spirit. You know, cars drive, men speak. We were created to speak. And so man, uh, man was made just like God in his image, but you can't see God. So we, we need to learn what does this mean if you can't see God. In Isaiah 34, 16, it says, seek the word or read the word because every word has a mate. None of these will fail. So whenever you want to interpret the word, there's a law called the law of interpretation. And scripture interprets scripture. So we, we cannot place our opinion or our experience. Well, I don't believe that God heals because, because grandma who, who loved Jesus, right? You can't place your experience and say your experience is greater than God's word. Because we don't know the very heart of a person. We don't know if people were taught that if you believe something, you say something. Not you believe what you feel. That's the way we used to live our life. And so we have to realize that the just shall live by faith. Faith is, according to scripture, I believe and therefore I speak. And if we do like God and we speak enough, we'll start to see the things we say. There's only, there's only a few things that uh, people in this world who will not have what you say. And it's not because God didn't create you to not have what you say. Words are powerful. God had what he said. You are, not, uh, you are not trying to be like God. You are a child of God. My kids can do everything I can do. And when they grow up, they'll do everything I can do as an adult. If they choose to. God did not make you any different than himself. You are like him and you're in his image. And so we need to look through scripture to get the definitions of what God is saying. Right? And so we know there is matching scripture for everything. Praise God. John 14, 8 and 9 says this. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it will be enough for us. And Jesus replied, Philip, how long will I be with you until you see the Father? What is, he, what is he trying to say? If you look at me, you'll see Father. So we know Father's not physical. So this cannot be what he means. He doesn't have Father's eye. He doesn't have Father's nose. Because God is not a physical God. God is an unseen God. So then we have to know that what God is saying has to be more than what we're looking at in the physical realm. So what he's saying is, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because I reflect him by the word. He speaks word. I speak his word. There's a reflection that I say what he says and only what he says. So when I speak word, the same power in his word is in my word because his word is in my mouth. So you'll see what word can do. You'll see I use my word. You see I, I walk word. You see I talk word. And you see word does what word says. So if you've seen me, you should see the father because I'm reflecting his word and the power of that word. Praise God, that's the mate to image. 
So in order now to know that that's what God means, we just discovered image is not natural. So if you're in the image of God, how many know you speak his word? It's word reflecting word because that's all God did. God spoke. God spoke, he said. And then he takes his words and we know what he does with them. He puts things in order. How many know it was an order that God saw the, the, the land underneath the sea. The land needed to come up for purpose. And so God separates things. He sets things in order. He speaks things that are not as though they are. And he speaks two things. And so this is what God does. He speaks word. And if you notice when he made man on the, on the sixth day, what does he tell man? You have dominion. You have dominion. Well, what is that dominion? Well, what did God stop doing so man can do? On the seventh day, the Bible, Bible says that God finished all of his work. So what is the work of God? It was his words. It was speaking. Because God at that point, if you study your word, you'll find out that God at that point never spoke to a thing again. He only spoke to man. Because he gave the earth. What's the mate to that scripture? Psalms 115, 16. The Bible says that the highest heaven belongs to the Lord, but the earth he gave to man. And so because he gave earth man, it is man's to rule like God rules with his words. That's how man's to rule. He's supposed to use his words for what he doesn't like, he can speak to it. If that mountain's in your way, tell it to move. If that fig tree doesn't bear fruit as God said to every tree, you will bear fruit after your kind, then you just tell it to, you curse it. What, what was it? You're not obeying God's word. How many know sickness needs to be cursed? You're not obeying God's word. God said, I am the redeemed. And the Bible says that the redeemed of the Lord say so. And Peter said, by his stripes we are healed. Sickness, you're not obeying the word of God. He took every Every sickness, every disease, I curse that out of my body to be uplifted with root. How many know we as Christians often just pick the fruit and leave the root? Praise the Lord. And so uh, we see that God is a speaking God. And so when God finished his work, he let us know, I'm not talking to things now. Why? Because I just made man and I gave it to him. So our work, the work of God, Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe. How many know believing is not easy? I'm supposed to believe what I cannot physically see at times. I'm supposed to believe, but you don't want to know why that's not hard? Because you already believe in a God you can't see. And you already talk to a God you, you, can't, you can't visually um, see. You're talking to a God in heaven while you're on earth. You've got a lot of faith. You may not know it. God said this, you have not because you ask not. What is he trying to say? Asking is faith. Prayer is faith because you're calling upon a God you can't see and you're believing he's going to speak to you and you know he does within you and through his word and by the Holy Ghost. And so you are doing a faith act. Don't let anybody tell you church that the church does not have faith. Praise God. And God is not physical. And so if we're going to know him, we've got to know him from that realm. But you know, you're not just physical either. You are a dual being. We know we're tripartite, spirit, soul, body. But you know that God made you a spirit. And that spirit is to operate in the realm of the spirit. And God made you a body so your body can operate in the realm of the physical. And too often we're living only in one realm and not in the other. But the Bible says there's a parent world, and that parent world, Hebrews 11:3, that by faith we know that God created, God created the worlds, plural, church. That's a plural word. God created the worlds with his word. 
And so we have two worlds that we are living in, a natural and a spiritual. And too often the church is natural and trying to make things spiritual. You know, you can pray loud. I like to pray loud. But that doesn't make me any more spiritual than the one that prays with whispers. Spiritual is not a, a volume. And spiritual is not how long we pray in tongues. Spiritual is that we walk by faith and not by sight. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And then we have uh, things in the scripture called laws. And I'm saying this because I'm laying foundations right now. And uh, whenever you see something in the beginning uh, thread through the books, all the books of the pages, you'll see it in one book, you'll see another book, and you go to the New Testament, the New Covenant, and you'll start to see it's still there. Those threads are what we call a law. So if something is repetitive over and over, it's a law. And we see right in Genesis chapter 1, we see the law of seed, that every seed will reproduce after its own kind. So how many know you cannot plant a banana tree and get an apple? Every seed. So what happened is every fruit, tree, every fruit tree will produce its fruit. And every seed of a man will produce a human. And every seed that there is, God even calls uh, the word seed. We have the law of seed. And then we have as, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. And then we have sowing and reaping, which comes under the law of seed. And then we go to Mark chapter 4 and God says his word is seed. So if words are seed, then you have to know that words work exactly like the seed works. That the word of God gets planted in my heart and it gets watered with my saying. And the word of God that you can't see, just like the seed that you give tomatoes you cannot see, the corn you cannot see, the things that are under the ground that you cannot see, if you water them enough, they will harvest and you will be able to see them and you will eat their fruit. Isn't that what scripture says? Praise God. And so words are seeds. But you know, words are so powerful that God said, I, I, I give you life and death. Why life and death words? Why did God give us both? When Adam was in the garden, he had God's mind. You notice he never asked a question. When God said, uh, I want you to name all of the, the dirt shapes, he didn't say, what is a dirt shape? He never asked a question because he was, he was, he was made with the mind of God. He, ne he never said to God, you need a helper. What's a helper? He knew what elephant was. He knew what lion was. He called out every single animal and whatever he imagined them to be, God said to him, whatever you call it, that's what it's going to be. You need to be careful, church, because so often we're calling sickness names. And then we wonder, God, why won't you heal me? Well, you, you know, it's so sad that today it's ownership of sickness. My cancer, my diabetes, my arthritis. It's not yours. Jesus took it. Give it back. Stop taking ownership of it. It doesn't belong to the believer. This cancer has got to leave my body. This diabetes has got to leave my body. Jesus took it. It is illegal. It is illawful. And if you don't stand up for the laws, you know you won't get the results of those laws. Glory be to God. Praise God. And so what happened was when Adam ate of the tree, he, you know, he had every thought of God. But when he ate of the tree, he disagreed with God because the fruit of that tree was knowledge, good and evil, not just good. And, and you can see the deception immediately because Eve looks at the tree and she says, oh, it's desirable. It's good. 
No, she's wrong. It's good and evil. She left out the evil. And so what you need to understand, the Bible says their eyes opened, both of them. And so both of them, they didn't walk around blinded. Oh, where, what tree? God, we can't see the tree because we're blind. What, what, what tree are you talking about? Can you walk us there? Can we touch it? No, they were not physically blind, church. So we have to, we have to look to Scripture to define the Scriptures. God said, the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. I'm not teaching anything I thought I was teaching. The day you eat of it, you will surely die. So what is death? What's the mate to the scripture? Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 tells us, to be carnal minded is death. These are the only two descriptions of death where man still lives. So we're not talking about the absence of breathing. This death is the absence of life. And so to be carnally minded is to have a mind of death. What are the two languages God says you can speak? Life or death in the power of your tongue. So you may not realize it, but if you are one of these people where James talks about, and if you are, don't worry, you can change. We can all change. If you're one of these people that James talks about, he says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let this man not even think that he will have from God. Why? Because words are seeds. So what you're doing is you're planting a good seed and then you're planting the weed to kill it. Oh God, I believe that you've healed me and I just don't know how long it's going to take. And so we have the believers that are planting a good word but not realizing you're killing that word with the weeds of the next one. This man will not receive. This is the only time words don't work. This is the only place where your words have no power. Because death has power. And life has power. Because I want you to know something. When God created the heavens and the earth and God fixed the, the, uh, uh, the Garden of Eden and then God put man in the Garden of Eden to work, you need to know this. God said every single day, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. It's very good when I made man. So how many know sickness was not created in the garden? Sickness came because there's power in our mouth, because our words are just like seeds, because our words are get planted by our saying or by our receiving, and our words get watered by our conversations, not just your holy conversations, your daily conversations, and you will have whatsoever you sayeth. And so, man, it took so long before you see a sickness show up. And then even then, look how awful the world has gotten. It went from a sickness to let's name it. And let, let, let's, let, let's identify symptoms so we can talk about it. But you know, if you're going to remove a mountain, you're not supposed to talk about the mountain. You're supposed to talk to the mountain. Notice again, we're using our words. And so when God created, these things were not good. They came out of a deaf language, out of a mindset that Adam had. The eyes of them both were opened. And so after that, you'll see that they disagreed with God. Can I tell you what doubt really is? I disagree with God. I know what God says, but Adam and his wife Eve fell because they disagreed with God. God said, if you eat of that, you will surely die. And she said, oh, no, that tree's for wisdom. She disagreed with God. That's why the Bible says in Job 22, acquaint yourself now with God. Church, it is our job to have an intimate relationship with God. Acquaint thyself now with God. Get to know him and it will go well for you. Agree with him and you will be fruitful. So we've got to agree with God's word. God's word is the truth. 
And God's not calling every man a liar, but every opinion man has that goes against God's word. Why? Because Paul wrote that the carnal mind, the death mindset, is against God. Not because the church or anyone unrenewed or the world is evil. God didn't say because we're evil when we are hostile against his word. It's because we're not thinking right. And so I'm so thankful we learn all this power that words have. Words are constructive. Words are destructive. Psalm 6-2 says this, that are snared by the words of your mouth. Notice God is not snaring your life. God is not causing problems in your life. Your words snare you. They trap you. They hold you. They keep you bound. Not God, your words. But, and then he says, and your words will take you. I'm so glad words can take you because they can take you into healing. They can take you into deliverance. They can take you into peace. They can take you into wholeness. If you want peace, speak there and you'll get there. If you want deliverance, speak there and you'll get there. If you want salvation, speak salvation and you'll get there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So God gave us life words, and the fall of man gave us death words. And now God is saying, hey, because there's both, you got to choose. And what a wonderful God we have. He says, uh, choose life. I mean, uh, the teacher is giving us the answer that we, we do not have to fail in this world choose life. And so what man did, and this is just, I'm going to make a series or a book next on this just this one sentence, what man did when he fell is he lived only in one realm. He stayed in the flesh. If I can't see it, I can't believe it. How can you say I'm healed if I can still touch that? I know God hears me, but nothing's changing because you're so involved in the realm that you see that you didn't get in the realm that you were made to live in. And so man lived in one. Glory be to God. His word is so good, huh? Now you ready for some more scripture? Because this is the scripture I'm actually going to teach. And I got there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. John 3.16. And I know that we say, oh, everybody knows it, right? Because everybody memorized it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But what if I told you that maybe we haven't defined the scripture properly? And what if I showed you in scripture that we need to understand this scripture a little bit better? For God so loved the cosmos. He loved, in the Greek, the arranged system. He's not even talking about people. For God so loved the arrangement that he put on the earth and in heaven. For God so loved how he created both worlds to interact. That's why we're, we're, we can't stay interacting in this world and expect a spiritual outcome of what God promises. For God so loved the cosmos, not the people, the arrangement in the Greek, the order and the system that God set up, that he gave his son. Why is a son going to fix the system? And I want to talk about that because we know this, that when Adam fell, his mind changed. So when we get saved, what do we need again? Word. We need the engrafted word in our soul so that we can transform our life. But isn't my life transformed when I got saved? Your spirit is alive. That's as far as you got. 
you got in the door, but God wants you in the room. And so you're going to have to use the word of God to transform your life. And you're not transforming into a better moral person, into a better, uh, nicer person, maybe from I didn't love to a loving person. Your life needs to transform into the image of the son. And so God so loved the system that he created that he's going to send the son because the son will fix the system. Because it is a word system. Matthew chapter 16, God asks men, who do you say that I am? And they say, some say, and some say, and some say. And he turns to the disciples and says, who do you say? And Peter says, I say you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And what does God say? What does Jesus say? Flesh and blood. See, he's, he's hearing from another realm. Well, so-and-so said, well, if so-and-so said, and it goes against God's word, get out of that word and come up higher. So he said, I say you're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. In other words, he's saying, Peter, God's talking to you. And then he tells Peter, upon this foundation, this rock, something nice and solid, not sand. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Church, the building is where we assemble. You are the church. Upon this rock. What is this rock that he's going to build the church on? Hearing God. Hearing word. We want to bind devils and demons with the scripture. But that's not what it says. The scripture says upon this foundation, God's going to build you and I on hearing the Father, on hearing the word of God, on hearing God speak in a realm that is not audible or a vision that's not visible. And so Peter is going to show us the opposite because, you know, you can hear God, but you can also hear demons or devils. And this is where I think this kind of has changed and we're doing things that actually or not exactly what the scripture says. Because he says this to Peter. He says, Peter, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loosen in earth will be loosened in heaven. In other words, whatever God's going to do in your life is up to you. It's not up to God. You know Jesus already fulfilled everything that needs to be done for your life. He's not going back to the cross to heal you. He already did it. So we're not believing we're going to be. That's doubt and unbelief. That means he has to go back and do it again. It didn't work. We're believing he did. So if I need a healing, then I believe I am. And if I'm hearing from God, I can verify in his word, by his tribes I am. Not I will be, I am. Faith says you are before it shows up. God says light before it comes. And so we're made just like him. And so he says, Peter, upon this, this truth, this foundation, I'm going to build my church upon hearing God. And then he says this, and everything you're either going to allow or permit. Notice he didn't say, and whatever I allow will be allowed on earth. Whatever I permit in heaven. No, it's backwards. Whatever you allow on earth will be allowed from heaven. Whatever you don't allow, bind and loose just means allow or don't allow, forbid. You can check your translations. You can read it in the Greek. And so what God is saying is, this is up to you. However much you want to hear God is up to you. Whatever you hear is up to you. And so what happens? Jesus starts to begin to tell the disciples that he's going to go and he's going to be crucified and raised on the third day. And Peter, so excited that he hears, he hears something else. And he says, no, Lord, don't go to Jerusalem or be it far from you. Right? He's just being a really nice guy. 
He doesn't want him to die. I mean, this is not even close to an evil person. But what does God address him? Not him, but the words he knows. These are not his words. For this purpose, 1 John says, for this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. How may know to destroy sin and to destroy sickness? God has to send his son. The Bible says, Psalms 107, 20, he sent his word and he healed us. And he healed us from what? All of our destruction. What was our destruction? Wrong speaking. Wrong speaking destroyed us. Wrong speaking still destroys us today. And so we know what God is saying here. He's saying, listen, Satan, get behind me. Why? Because I know, I know words are so important. You got to know where they come from. And that is against the very will of God. You don't have to go to church saying, get behind me. Scripture says assembling together even more in the last days. How many know we need more of God, not less of God? And so you have to know that if you hear something like that, that's not God speaking. That's an attack on you. And your attacks are always going to be up here in your mind. So you've got to permit. Why? Because your mind is your will. Your heart is your believer. With a heart, man believeth. And so your mind is going to will. How do I will? I agree. Amen. So be it, Lord. And so he, one, one place he's hearing the Father, and God said, I'm going to build it on this. But the next place he's hearing the devil. So whatever we allow... You can allow what God says and say amen and put that in your heart and your heart will open your mouth. Or you can allow what the devil says, what the world says, what the doctor says, what the circumstance says. Whatever you allow on earth, even God won't stop it. But notice he says where? In, in, in heaven. Why? Because heaven's the parent world. Because your words are spirit. But they're either spirit and death or spirit and life. And we know this because Matthew 6 tells us. That one day we'll be judged by God and our words will acquit us or condemn us. So our words, you're not taking your cars and your houses or your money or your savings account or all these things you like on earth. I'm not saying any of it's bad, but it doesn't go with us. But notice one thing, your words will meet you there. Because all words are spirit and life are spirit and death. Depends on which ones you choose. And words are so powerful, but your will is so powerful. We know we have the story in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 where God will get so tired of hearing what the children of Israel say. He said to their forefathers, he said he promised, he said, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to give you a promised land. And God swore this and he said over and over, I'm going to give you the land that I promised your father. I'm going to give you the land that I promised you. I'm going to give you the land flowing of milk and honey. I'm going to give you this land. How many know God's word is powerful? But do you know that God didn't got, get what he said? Because when they hear God, they're hearing God in the realm of the spirit because the earth belongs to man. Man has to get God's word in his mouth. But what word did all of Israel get in their mouth? Did you bring us out here to die? You brought us and our livestock to come out here that we should die? Better that we go back to Egypt than die here of thirst. Better we go back to where we were than die here of hunger. Did you bring us out here to kill our families? Did you bring us out here to kill our livestock? Ten times by the time we, they said it 14, but ten times by the time we get to Numbers 13 and 14. And what does God tell them? These ten times you have spoken that you would die here, you will die here. And two men said, we're well able to take the land. And everybody got what they said. Not what God said. God says you're healed, but many won't get it. 
God said he delivered you, but many won't get it. Because you got to get his word in your heart and your mouth because the word is like a seed. The Bible says that God sent his word to heal us and deliver us of all our destruction. And so word is going to come because word is going to come into flesh and flesh is going to become son. And son, although son is God who is word, he's Jesus on earth. And son is going to fix the system that got broken. How is son going to fix the system? Because the system's only not working properly because man's not working properly. So to fix this system, I've got to fix man. To fix man, I've got to send a man of life. To fix man, I've got to send the seed of life. To fix man, I've got to bring the word of life. So the word became flesh and dwelt among them. We call him Jesus, but he's word in the flesh. And word will come and speak word. And word will speak word and teach word and give faith through word. And men would begin speaking word and having faith in that word. So if God can get man to have that faith, what word became seed. And the Bible says, Jesus said, unless a kernel of seed dies and goes into the ground, it will, it will remain alone. How many know a single seed can be tomatoes after tomatoes after tomatoes, but it's not going to be the tomato until you plant it in the ground. Jesus is word who will be the seed so he can fix the system. How does he fix the system? By raising up people who are of God, children of God. So he's going to be the first seed in the ground. And those of us that believe according to John chapter 1 verse 12 that though he came to his own and his own received him not but those who believed in him he gave them power to be sons of God as sons of God we're going to speak word that's why we got to get back to word as sons of God we're going to teach word we're going to do just like Jesus as sons of God we're going to speak word that gives faith for people to believe word hallelujah and so God sent word, and then he gives us word. He gives us word. Jesus said this before he went with the Father in John 17. He said, Father, you've glorified your son, now glorify them. He said, I have given them your word, and they received it. Notice what church needs, what body needs, what, what believer needs is word. It's word. Praise God. So Jesus was sent. So he can be the word that becomes the word seed that will produce many just like him so that God would have words spoken everywhere, word and faith spoken everywhere, faith for everyone to believe, faith for everyone to receive, faith for that seed to become. And what we are is we're part of the seed of that word. We are children of God. And so... Uh, uh, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds. You know that Colossians says that uh, we were alienated from God because of what was in our mind? Our mind, our soul, not our heart, our spirit. If you don't think like God thinks, you are separating yourself from God. Being alienated because of our thinking. How can two walk together unless they agree? We have to come in agreement with God's word. I believe the word of God is true no matter what I see or feel. I believe if I, if I see this and God said that, I choose the word of life. I choose the word of God. God sent word, I receive word. Praise God. And the word came to accomplish what the word needed to accomplish. It had to bring forth many sons so that many sons would speak right. 
so that we don't talk about our sicknesses, we speak to them. We don't talk about our lack. We call things that are not as though they are. We do just like God. Oh, there's a disorder. We don't try with our hands to put things in order. We speak order to things. We speak the word of God to things. Jesus did, said that we're going to the other side, and all the disciples got in, and you know what he said when they were scared? Where's your faith? In other words, I gave you a word to trust. How many times do we sit in a service and it just didn't match what I was feeling? But the word of God is not for your feeling. It's for your spirit. It gives you faith. So whatever pastor is preaching, that word we teach in our church, that's what I needed. Praise God, that's what I want. I got saved on a tithe message. So I want you to know, don't ever make a message so small that you think it can't meet your need. The word of God meets every need. And so word will come. Because men have been blinded. Sight is just living a life of your, a, a body life. It's a body life. It's a flesh life. The only part of you that's flesh is your body. Your soul is eternal. Your spirit is eternal. The only flesh part of you is this body. And every sense wants to tell you what to believe. And every sense wants to tell you what is truth. But truth doesn't come by senses. Truth comes by the word of God. And so God has to send us truth. He has to give us word so we can walk in it. Praise God. So Jesus comes... And uh, he will uh, be the first of many seeds, and he will begin to speak to things. And when the disciples, when he told them we're going to the other side, they didn't believe him because the storm came. If the storm didn't come, how many know they would believe him? And that's what stills faith. If we, ha if we pay attention to the storm, we don't hear God's word. They only heard storm. They only heard wind. They only heard waves. They saw what it looked like. And they came to Jesus and woke him up and said, Master, Master, cares thou that we perish? Don't you care we're dying? That's not what God said. That is not what God said. Oh, God said if we eat of the tree and we can't even touch it. That's not what God said. How many know we err when we add? We err when we take away. God said we're going to the other side. And so God can't change the mind of man. See, changing your mind is your choice. But what can he do? That storm's coming against the word of God. So he uses words. He speaks to win. He speaks to wave, and they cease. What is Jesus teaching us? Everything that God did with word in the beginning, Jesus does with word in his life. We are word people. It's called the great confession salvation is. We are to use God's word and speak God's word. Jesus didn't leave until he said these words. It's finished. In other words, I've taught them the word. They heard the word. I've given them faith because every word is a container of faith. Maybe you can't believe because you are holding on to opinion. You got to get the word of God that gives you the faith that you need. And that word, if you believe, you will speak. It's not I'm trying to believe. There is genuine faith in every word of God. And you need his word that will give you that faith. And nobody will steal your faith. If you hold on to that word. They didn't hold on to the word. They let it go because of sight. And that's what God means when he says don't walk by sight. Stop living off of everything in this natural world that you see, feel, and touch. Come up higher. Faith cometh by hearing, not see, feeling, and touching. Come up higher in my word. Believe it. God, I don't know if I can believe it. You can if you get the word. You can't if you get religion. You can't if you get something like. You can't if it's altered. We need the word of God. 
And so Jesus will come and he will totally fulfill everything that he was meant to do. So when he said it is finished, what he's saying is my part in this body is done. I have taught, I have spoken, I have revealed the will. I never said one time to any person, sorry, can't do that. Where there was faith, there was receiving. Where there was receiving, there was, there was natural change in the body. There were demons that left the body. There were people that were not in their mind that got in their right mind. There were illnesses that left. There were fevers that left. There were sicknesses that ended. There was the demonic that was free, all by word and faith. Well, I want that kind of faith. All you need is word. All you need is word to get that kind of faith. And so we see that um, scripture tells us, Jesus said, it's finished. In other words, I have done what I was sent to do. Now I'm going to read you some scriptures. If you're taking notes, get ready. I'm going to read them pretty fast. If you're going to watch the live again, you can do it from there. This is what Jesus said. And how many know when you hear something over and over and over, it's pretty important, right? Okay, let me read you a lot of scripture right now. And basically, they're saying the same thing. Matthew 9, 37. Whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me uh, uh, does not receive me, does not receive the one who sent me. Okay, there's going to be a theme there. You ready? Uh, Matthew 10, 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Right? Luke 9, 48. And, if, and, and he said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Catching on? Luke 10, 16. The one who listens uh, to you listens to me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and rejects, if you reject me, you reject the one who sent me. This is what Jesus is saying. Uh, Luke 4, 34, Jesus explained, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. John 5, 23, so that you will honor the son even as the son is honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who has sent me. And verse 24 says, truly, truly, I tell you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. John 5, 30, I can of myself do nothing, but as I hear, I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not speak my own words, but the words of the father who sent me. John 5, 37, and the father who sent me will testify of me. John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. Verse 39, for he who has sent me, John 7, 16. And so Jesus answered and said to them, my teaching is not my own, but, but of him who sent me. John 7, 18, he who speaks uh, from himself he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent me, he is true and he is righteous. John 7, 28. And then Jesus cried out in the temple teaching and saying, you both know, uh, you, you both know me and you know where I come from, for I have not come of myself, but the one who sent me. John 7, 33. Therefore, he said to them, for a little while, I'm going to be with you, but then I'm going back to the one who sent me. John 8, 16. But even if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it, but my father who sent me. John 8, 18. For, for I, I am I who testifies of myself, but my father who testifies about me, who has sent me. John 8, 36. I have many things to speak to you and judge concerning you, uh, but the one who sent me is true. John 8, 29. And he said to, to, to me, um, and the one who sent me is with me, John 9, 4. 
Oh, there's so many. Uh, we must work the works of him who has sent me. And John 12, 45 says, and, and he who sees me knows the one who sent me. And John 12, 49 says, for I have not come to speak my own initiative, but of the father who has sent me. And John 15, 21 says, and all these things they will do in my, for my name's sake, because they know the one who has sent me. And the last one, John 16, 5, not the last one, the last one I wrote. But now I'm going to him who has sent me. Can we see it's abundantly clear God is making an emphasis that word was sent. And when word said it is finished, it's because word accomplished. Tell your neighbor word accomplished what word was sent to do. So the word is sent, the word was born, the word came, the word fulfilled God's will. We see that the word accomplished and the word did not return until he finished what he was supposed to accomplish, right? And so the word came to, to heal man and came to destroy sin and sickness, which was the work of the devil. Jesus is the son of God, and he's going to do not his own will, but the father's will. So he was sent to speak the word of God, to speak the word of faith, to reveal God's will. He was sent to destroy the works of the devil. He was sent to take sin and sickness upon his body. He was sent to die the, the price for the wages of sin is death. He was sent to go to hell, to take the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He was sent to rise up and take that to the Father God. And he did it. He did it. He did it. This is what Jesus did. And he said, it is finished. Now, this is where I've taught all of this to come right here, and I'm almost done. Isaiah 55, and I'm going to read it first, and then I'm going to just do a little preach, and we're finished. Isaiah 55, 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it produce and sprout, and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, which goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I've desired, and without succeeding in the purpose of where I have sent. Listen to what God is saying. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and there's nothing that was made that was not made without word. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth without form and void and darkness upon the face of the earth and God uttered God said God spoke word and Hebrews eleven three tells us nothing that you see was made out of anything that you can see that by the word of God he created and so word was sent God said just like the rain comes down from the heaven word came down from the heaven just like the rain will bring water and seed to the earth word came down from heaven and word watered man and word gave man seed and word watered man with the truth and just like the rain came down and waters and it brings forth and it produces the word produced the word healing words produce healing salvation words produce salvation deliverance words produce to produce deliverance the word of God will not return back void. And the word of God did not return back. The word who we know as Jesus in the flesh said, it is finished. Word has done what word was supposed to do. And word now returned back to Christ. But that's not enough because God, word said, now I give you words. And now I send you. And now you will be uh, like me on the earth, sons of God. And now you need to speak word. And you need to teach word. And you need to speak and tell people about word and give people faith in word and you've got something to accomplish and you will not return there until you finish what you have to do here but what you have to do here you have to do with word glory to God 
Father, we just bless your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, that it is the word of God that we carry, God. It is the word of God that produces life, that gives seed, Father God, seed of faith, Lord God. It is the word of God that you have given us, and we preach word, and we teach word, Father, and we thank you that when we learn what the word of God says and receive the faith in God's word, there is nothing that word will not produce because word is seed. Hallelujah. So, Father, I pray with all of my heart that people would understand that they've got something to accomplish. And whatever it is we're going to accomplish, it's going to be just like Jesus. We're going to accomplish it with the word. Devil, you cannot take us out sooner than our time. You cannot reach out and any sickness cannot overtake us because we're going to use the word. Because we have an assignment too. And we have an assignment to preach the word of God, to speak the word of God, to use the word of God on purpose. And this word we're going to use until we are finished. Until we are finished. Glory to God. I pray with all my heart, if anything was steered, it was not God. Give us the moves that we look for. We need a move of word. We need to move word from heart to mouth and speak word. You didn't get saved without God's word. You didn't get healed without the revelation of his word. God said he'll provide all of our needs. You don't get need without word. In fact, God says this, I know what you have need of. Ask therefore. You know what that teaches us, church? That you got need, but if you don't ask, you don't get it. God knows what you need. If that was all there was, he'd just say, don't worry about it. I got it. No, he knows what you need, but all faith is a confession. You have to speak God's word. My husband and I have so many powerful testimonies. I share one so you get to know us for a minute and I'm done. I'm going to pass it back to Pastor. But my daughter, my, my daughter had a, at five months old, she was pregnant, five months in the utero. And uh, the doctor called us in after an ultrasound and said, uh, you, need to, you need to consider to abort this child. This child is missing bones. And everything looks pretty good, but the spine is a little off. The, the feet are a little off. And there's a C1, C2 bone and half a C3 bone missing in the neck. And so if you cannot hold your neck up, you will always flop your head and you stop breathing. And so uh, we decided that we would go through whatever we'd go through, that God is not a God of fear or death. And so we went ahead. My daughter and I, we prayed. My husband and I, we prayed. And her husband prayed. And she ended up having this child. And, you know, we were in the hospital for many, many months. But while the baby was here, my husband sought the word of God. How many know the word is your answers? If you have addiction, the word is your answer. If you have mental problems, the word is your answer. If you have depression, the word is your answer. If you're not saved, the word is your answer. If you need anything from God, it's always going to be the word is your answer. And so my husband found the word that says pleasant, pleasant words make fat bones. And how many know she was missing bones? So we began while she was in the womb to, to talk to the womb. You're beautiful. You're lovely. These are pleasant words, right? You are wonderfully and fearfully made. And we knew it was a girl, Jolene. You're going to be used of God. You are an amazing child. And we just spoke nice things, beautiful things, lovely things. And even though she was born and there was no change, we never stopped speaking. We were in the hospital night after night after night because we would find that if she moved her head, she started turning purple. She couldn't breathe. We hadn't seen change yet, but you know, you don't see change until you've got all you're saying. God said light, then it came. I said, Jesus come in my life and then I was saved. 
And so we just kept saying these pleasant words to her, and it, it takes us, we're in that one of the best hospitals in, in uh, actually our nation, one of the best in our nation, Stanford Hospital. We're going back and forth and back and forth, and they want to do surgeries, and they want to do braces and on her neck, on her back, her legs, because there was some curvature. But uh, we, we, we had peace from God. My husband said, God said, no, no knife on her. So we're just going to keep speaking faith. And they said, well, we'll wait till, till like 18 months or two years old. So we're in now the hospital. In now the hospital. He said, were you, were you discouraged? No, we had a word. Faith is more powerful than fear if you don't let it go. And so we held on to this word. We spoke how lovely she is. We're in the hospital over and over. I spent the night many nights there. My daughter spent the night many nights there. And, you know, when, when you are going through something, sometimes you can get a little used to it. So it, we didn't really notice what was happening to her in time. We were going to the hospital less. We were going to the hospital less than that. And not, now she's starting to walk. And she had her head like this, which is pretty good because it hung. Her neck hung. And we just thought, wow, God, you're so good. And so she would talk like this. And I'd say, put your head up, baby. And she would put it up, but then it would go back down. Put your head up, baby. And she'd put it up and go back down. We went to get, do the CAT scans and the, all the things they did. And they said, you know, uh, this is 18 months. We don't know that we can get what we need to get out of this. I said, go ahead and do it. God's going to make sure you get everything you need. So I sat outside there and prayed that God would give his angels charge over my granddaughter, a garrison around her, that they would hold her there at 18 months. They did. We came back at two years. They told us everything that was missing. We come back at two years old. And we knew, we knew that her head was up quite a bit. And they went and checked her again. And they, there's, no, there's no medical science for this, so you're not going to find it. It's our miracle, and it's not common, but it's common for us. Out of her spine grew a branch, a bone. And that bone became a tree. Three limbs, only three. And they went right into C1, C2, and half of C3 and lifted her head. And they work exactly like the original bones were meant to work. And my granddaughter is totally normal with no knife ever touch her body. And they admit that's a miracle because it is a miracle. We spoke the word of God. Do I wish, do I wish it would have happened in the womb? Yes, but we spoke it anyway. Do I wish it happened at the hospital? Yes, but we didn't quit. We kept speaking God's word. And when it did happen, I'm not even sure we realized how much had happened. But when they confirmed that her spine, those bones, did what they did, we weren't shocked. Because faith is never shocked. If you are believing for a miracle, you know what happens when your miracle shows up? The word of God did that. <laughs> The faith that his word gave me did that. Let's give God glory because that was word that did that. And that's how my husband and I have endeavored to live our entire life on word. And so today, I pray with all of my heart that if I've been able to do anything today, I have stirred up word inside of you and stirred up the desire for more word so you can walk in the faith that God has for you. Praise the Lord.